Hello. 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 That's uh, one more. So I guess uh, I'm going to be using Wiretap Studio, but uh, okay. apparently the since I re- got this new MacBook Pro Retina, uh, the drop-down menu, and have you ever used Wiretap Studio? I have not. Yeah, so you can, you can select your two input devices, right? So you can select like your microphone, and then you could select an app. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. uh, before I was able to select my microphone and then Skype. So it would have like a list of apps um, mm-hmm. and then it would isolate the audio from that particular uh, program. Gotcha. Um, but for some reason it only now has Mac audio, which means I need to close all the applications on my machine that make any noise. So you, you oh. asked me if I was ready and uh, I thought I was. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I, th- I think I got got most of them here. Uh, make uh, make sure you have uh, Twitter for Mac open, so we can hear a lot of ding dinging, ding ding. No, I actually disabled all audio from Twitter because it's, it would just be way too much to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good call. I'm I'm trying to like really minimize the amount of distractions I have. Because especially with Growl and as much as we use Skype throughout the day, it's just like constantly in your face distractions. It's yeah, you know, I <sighs> actually, actually I used to have Skype uh, bounce in the dock whenever there was a message. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. not any message because we have like the Ushahidi developer chat and um, just a few chats that, that I'm not uh regularly uh, having conversations in so it used to be really distracting so i Mm -hmm. I would actually just have uh you know our our ushahidi core team chat and then our crowd map chat and then you know maybe a couple others that that would bounce the dock but you know this that's even distracting uh because all those (laughs) conversations aren't even relevant to me but you know i feel like i have to check so i always click on skype and then i always waste my time reading the message even if i'm in the middle of some crazy task or something yeah no i know exactly what you mean you know it, it's it's funny i didn't even know you could do uh, uh per channel notification settings until like very recently <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's really useful and then i mean they have like the different types of notifications for each type of action and then you can uh have it only tell you if somebody mentions your name or yeah, like that, which is actually really nice. You know, as much as people hate on Skype, it's it's good enough. Uh, <laughs> it has just enough features to to not be irrelevant. Um, yeah, which is unfortunate. I I just <laughs> wish like what was it? I think Skype f- version. I think version three was the last one that had the IRC style channels. Oh, and then yeah. they did away with that, the, the, the chat format. I really missed that because that was just so clean and so easy to read. And, uh, and now you just sort of have to hack uh, or find themes that are halfway decent, for, especially for Skype for Mac. For, for Windows, it's, it's not quite as bad, but still, like, if you're on a widescreen display and 
there's so much white space that's unnecessary. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've been kind of experimenting with a few different themes. Um, and there's that Skype styles, uh, plugin that I passed around. Even that has too yeah. much, uh, white space. It had some interesting functionality, but, um, yeah, you know, I really wish they would just go back to the plain old, you know, here's your contact list and here's a bunch of chats, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just hate this one, this one window thing. Um, anyway, yeah. um, I guess Skype is, is essentially the preferred medium for, for communication on, on podcasts. Uh, pretty much every <laughs> podcast I listen to, they use Skype um, for, for communicating and, and doing things across well, borders. So it's, it's pretty convenient, if only for the fact that it automatically equalizes microphone volume. Like that's you don't realize how much of a pain that is in 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 editing afterwards, when you're trying to. Before we start, you know, before I I um, really started using Skype, I would record podcasts with with people using like um, Ventrilo and uh, Teamspeak and stuff like that. Mm. So then you're then you're trying to splice these different audio channels and equalize the volume afterwards, and it's it's pretty much a nightmare so yeah thank you skype so so what does that mean like essentially one person might be sitting really far away from their mic and uh just it'd be very low volume and then somebody else might be right up you know in their in the microphone (laughs) exactly yeah uh, that's that's really no that's really and and even just just like um you know just different microphone uh or headset brands, the the, and sound cards. The settings can just be so different, and you know the bass can be different. And it's really jarring when you're trying to listen to a podcast, and all these different people have different audio levels. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I guess uh, just I guess we never really gave an introduction to what we're doing here, um, but this is essentially our our alpha podcast. Um, our very first version, uh, we're just kind of throwing some ideas around and, and seeing what sticks, um, mostly internally. We're not even sure if we're going to release this for anybody else in particular. Um, kind of just for the Ushahidi team and to talk about things that are, uh, related to Ushahidi, about Ushahidi products or about, uh, crisis mapping or other types of mapping technologies and, and, uh, Swift River type stuff, so data aggregation types of tools, and um, we're we're mostly the the technical side of the team. So some of our conversations might be a little bit more uh, technical, uh, but we want to make sure that things are uh, accessible for everybody. Um, so uh, I guess to just introduce myself, I'm Brian Herbert. I'm uh, the director of CrowdMap. Uh, work on um, our cloud-based uh, solution for people who want to get uh, mapping uh, up and going and start collecting reports and, and things of that nature. And, and we're, we're kind of working on a lot of really cool and interesting things, and I can't wait to uh, talk about some of that stuff on this podcast. And Evan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Evan Sims. Uh, I am a senior developer at Ushihidi, working with Brian here on CrowdMap. Um, uh, I'm helping him with, uh, uh, you know, day-to-day operations, uh, developing new features, working on next iterations of CrowdMap. 
Also working on uh, our centralized authentication system called Crymap ID. Um, yeah, I kind of got uh, my hands in all sorts of stuff there. So, and and you've done uh, podcasting in the past, right? I mean, you said you've you've done. I something. have, yeah. Um, I've done uh, some gaming podcasts, which I actually background in uh, video game design. Weirdly enough, um, and a couple of technical podcasts. Uh, they're actually screencasts for uh, you know programming and Windows tips and things like that for. Uh, back in the days when I wrote for uh, for Locker Gnome, so yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, I guess uh, we didn't really do much pl- planning uh, jumping into this, uh, but we did throw around a few ideas. No scripts, yeah, no no <laughs> scripts here. Uh, we did throw around some ideas uh, for a few different topics, and you know, like talking about different events and things that were going to, uh, like Ushahidi just recently had a design jam. Uh, in Seattle and Nairobi where people were throwing around ideas and, and develop, sketching out concepts and things for, for themes and the future of uh, the Ushahidi platform. Um, but today I think we're going to talk a little bit about CrowdMap ID, uh, and that's uh, what Evan uh, has been working on. Um, and, you know, I'll let him get into it a little bit more, um, but uh, it's, it's essentially our, our centralized authentication service that allows allows us to use the same user accounts across all of our products. Um, it, you know, we, we had this, this problem uh, with CrowdMap and the way that CrowdMap um, was set up is, is it's, it's essentially the Ushahidi platform, you know, and the Ushahidi platform is something that you can take and you can install it on your own server <coughs> and uh, it has its own independent uh, user accounts um, and everything on your own server, right? So. Uh, what we did with CrowdMap is we didn't want to alter the the core code very much, so that meant that every deployment of uh, of CrowdMap and a deployment uh, is essentially just a it's just a map, right? So it's a map that you go and you set up uh, on your own subdomain. Um, each of those, uh, from a technical standpoint, maintain their own user databases, <coughs> which uh, has over time become uh, quite problematic. <laughs> Unwieldy, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about tens of thousands of, of maps, uh, all with their own independent user databases, um, and then having this goal of having a single sign-on across them uh, has been uh, a colossal headache. So uh, we had to... Uh, rethink rethink this uh, and come up with a solution that allowed us to maintain one central user accounts in one central location uh, and that's that's what Evans uh, put together and the the genesis of this was with uh, Charles who uh, used to work with us um, he's now working for a university in the Netherlands <coughs> um, but it was just a very simple uh, username, password uh, type of system with an API that our tools could plug into. Um, but I guess now the project, uh, since Evan came on, uh, has grown to be something uh, a little bit more impressive uh, with some a uh, little more advanced features. And uh, I guess Evan, what 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 do you what have you done differently than than before uh, when before it was just a simple uh, email password store what 
What mm-hmm. makes CrowdMap ID now different than that? Well, um, it's it's really just expanded massively um, in the amount of things we're able to do now. Um, uh, for one, I've 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 really put an emphasis on account security. I've added uh, features like uh, two-factor authentication using a YubiKey. I'm going to be adding uh, Google Authenticator support. So, what that is is you have your username and your password, of course. But in the event that uh, you know that is compromised, uh, you know it's whether there's a middleman attack with someone uh, watching your browser activity and being able to sniff your your username or password, or if your email is compromised and someone gets it that way, or maybe it's a brute force attack and someone you know uh, just guesses your password. Um, in any of those cases, your account would be compromised. But with two factor. They actually, um, your account actually requires a physical device. Now, with a YubiKey, that's a little USB key you plug into a USB port on your computer, press a button, and it generates a unique one-time password. Um, when you're on the site, you'll have a um, you'll have your username and password field, of course, like always. But you'd select your password and you'd press the button on your YubiKey instead. And with Google Authenticator, um, it works similarly, except you'll type in a code. But the point is, uh, no one will be able to get into your account unless they have that physical device, whether it's YubiKey or cell phone or however you set your account up. So that's that's one big thing. I've uh, I've of course uh, done a whole review of all of our security measures in terms of encryption policies and how we're handling that, and made some changes. Um, and of course, um, looking towards the future. Um, you know, we have got a couple products in the pipe that are based heavily around CrowdMap ID, um, and they're taking advantage of all sorts of features. Uh, we're adding uh, sort of some cool things like badges. Uh, sites will be able to take advantage of achievement systems. So you might get a achievement um, on CrowdMap for, you know, maybe you're maybe you're an administrator of a site and it's. It's got, uh, you know, X reports within 24 hours, something like that, for, as an example. You might be awarded a badge, and that badge will be stored on your CrowdMap ID account and not your, not your CrowdMap account. So that means it'll be shared across all of Ushahidi's products. You'll have a unified profile, um, ultimately, a unified profile across all our products that so you'll be able to see these badges and all these different services and basically... It's centralized authentication. You log in once, um, or you log in. You have one username, password, and you can log into all the Ushahidi products, and you'll have your same profile at all those sites. So it's 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 much easier. It's much more secure. It gives us the ability to add all sorts of cool functionality that we couldn't before. And uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I think the team is as well. And you know, hopefully we've got some cool stuff coming for that. That's cool. So. Um, how do people get one of these YubiKeys? It's it's like a USB device, right? That that you right. Um, well, it's a company called YubiCo that manufactures it. It's it's very inexpensive. I think it's twenty twenty five dollars, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's very inexpensive. Uh, you just go to their site and order one, and um, it's just that's uh, about two thirds the size of like a, a house key. 
and you can just put it on your keychain and keep it with you all the time all the time and um yeah when you're at one of uh when you've got it enabled on your account you go to any of the you know crowd map or any ushahidi site that's using the crowd map id you just plug it in you press the button on the top of it it the computer will detect it as a keyboard actually which is kind of interesting but um uh it doesn't require any drivers or anything it's just a it just detects it as a generic USB uh, keyboard. So you plug it in, you press the button, and it'll automatically fill out that field with that one-time password. And um, the Ubico, Ubico guys are really cool. They have a really neat uh, development SDK that makes it um, you know, very simple to implement this. Uh, I, I was able to implement it into, into Map ID literally in like a couple hours. It was very simple to do. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, and it, it's it's actually a very fun API to work with. If if you know we have any developers out there that wants want to mess around with two factor, in terms of in terms of adding two factor authentication, I, I don't think it really gets any easier um, from what I've seen. You know, Google Authenticator isn't um, isn't difficult per se, but even from a user perspective, it's 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 more complicated. You know, you have to you have to generate a QR code, which the Google Authenticator, Authenticator app then has to scan. Um, you know, so and and there's the complication of with a cell phone, you know, you know, cell phones get lost, damaged, you know, in the in the case of Android, which has happened to be a lot of times, um, if you don't back up your key, um, and you end up, you know, flashing a new ROM or something, yeah, you kind of get locked out of your account. So, uh, I really like the UB key setup, though. It's it's very convenient. So, so what happens if somebody decides to use uh, a YubiKey um, and they, you know, they lose it or it gets damaged or something? How do they get into their account? Well, we're that's actually something I'm I'm fleshing out right now. Right now, um, right now, you can just contact us and we'll work with you to uh, unlock your account. But I have an uh, automated system I'm developing where, well. One of the things I didn't mention is I've actually added a secret question and secret answer um, uh, system to CrabMapID. So if you go to CrabMapID.com and log into your account, or if you don't have an account yet, you can register one, um, and you go to the uh, security page, you know, you'll have your standard change your password field. You'll have a section to uh, pair your YubiKey and a, uh, a Q&A section. So basically what that is... Um, and once I have this fully implemented, I'm going to send out, you know, emails to, to remind people about this. But what it is is it's a question and an answer that, of course, only you will know. We I'll actually encrypt the answer, so even I won't know the answer. Um, but what it'll do is when you go to the password reset, it'll ask you your question, and you type in your answer, and it will check the encrypted hash of your answer with the encrypted hash of the answer you set in our database and compare them. Um, and if they match, then you'll be able to do a password reset that way. Fully automated, won't have to deal with anything, even if you don't have access to your email account. So it's, it's, it's convenient, uh, especially if you like, you know, you register with a work email address and you switch jobs, you know, you don't have access to that email account necessarily anymore. So, um, that's that's one method. We're we're gonna have a couple different methods, and and ultimately you'll always be able to contact us if you need a manual reset. But um, yeah, in the case of a YubiKey, it's 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 a little tricky because that will ultimately happen. People will lose those, so we need to have a really robust you know uh, 
robust uh, method of proving you own an account. And that's what I'm working towards. So, Yeah, and I think one of the great things about CrowdMapID are the the options. I mean, you don't have to use a YubiKey if you don't want to use a YubiKey. Absolutely. You don't have to use Google Authenticator if you don't want to use Google Authenticator. Um, and and people can really, you know, the default is to just have a username and password, but um, people in really high risk uh, situations, you know, like in, in some countries where, where uh, maybe governments uh, monitor the traffic or, uh, you know, we haven't seen this yet, but maybe there's a map uh, about uh, certain corporations and there might be whistleblowers or something who want to submit information mm-hmm. um, and those <clears throat> networks that they're um, on might be monitored, right? So um, they want to make sure sh- you want to make sure that uh, your account credentials aren't stolen in some conventional way. So exactly. Um, people can choose to use something like the YubiKey. Or maybe maybe they just uh, are security-conscious uh, people. Uh, maybe they're uh, just nerds like us who get uh, really excited about this stuff. And, Absolutely. And um, they want to take the risk. You know, maybe, I'll, maybe I will lose my, my YubiKey. Uh, but if I use my YubiKey, I know that it's uh, infinitely more, maybe not infinitely, but it's much, much, much more difficult for somebody to break in uh, to the account. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's really the, the beauty of this thing, and I can't wait until we roll this out um, into all of our products. Um, where does YubiKey is is YubiKey supported now on any of the uh, Ushahidi it products? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, it's 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 supported now on all of CrowdMap. If you have a CrowdMap ID, um, you just you just. You know, like I said, set it up on crowdmapid.com. Um, I'll, I'm hoping to expose that some way through the CrowdMap um, account interface at some point, but it's just not there yet. Um, but right now, you can you can log in at crowdmapid.com and and pair your YubiKey. Um, and then once you do, anytime you try to sign into CrowdMap, you'll have your um, your just use your email address to sign in as usual. And then in the password field, you just highlight it and press the button on the YubiKey, and it'll sign you right in. It'll even submit the form for you. So, you know, really simple. That's great. Uh, what what if, just to, to change focus a little bit, what if somebody wants to uh, set up their own kind of authentication service? Like, do they, can they tie into ours? Can they uh, set up their own server if they want to... Um, maybe write their own apps and use their own centralized authentication service like is this this is like this is an open source product right absolutely yeah um yeah we have it up on github right now it's available to download uh there's there's two repos there's the the uh crowdmap api uh the the server uh i'm sorry crowdmap id server um which is if you're looking to sort of roll your own authentication scheme it's a great place to start it's totally open totally free um, it's very easy to install. Um, it has a, uh, a pretty well documented uh, API. Still fleshing out uh, some of the new changes, putting that into documentation, but it's all pretty much there. Um, and then there's also a repo for the user interface. In case you really want a fully packaged solution, you can just throw both of those on a server and start customizing. So, yeah, it's totally open. I I, I welcome anyone to to uh, you know to build it and I fully accept uh, pull requests so please please do yeah that's excellent I think uh, 
one of the next big challenges for this product might be, uh, you know, aside from adding different authentication mechanisms and, and things of that nature and, and the badges stuff, which is going to be really cool, um, is, is doing localization so that we can have this in, in multiple uh, languages. Because, I mean, we just mm -hmm. saw a crowd map deployment in Russia. Um, unfortunately, I, I can't pronounce uh, the name uh, since I don't read Cyrillic. Uh, yeah. But it's in, in English, uh, it would be read as Krymsk, uh, which is K R Y M S K dot crowdmap.com. And they were just mapping uh, these really terrible floods uh, in Russia. But they, they got a significant exposure. And, uh, you know, maybe quite a few users. Uh, have been introduced to CrowdMap uh, through their deployment. Uh, they might not speak any English. Uh, so yeah. uh, if, if they're wanting to really take uh, advantage of all the features of the system, uh, we're going to have to uh, start looking at the, the localization of a CrowdMap ID. Of course, it's it's still a very yeah. new product, and it's, and it's changing quite rapidly, so it's not really in a phase uh, to be localized yet. But I think that's probably right. going to be the next big... Thing. Yeah, we're 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 sort of fleshing out the 2.0 um, API right now, which which supports the cool things like badges and stuff. Um, so it's definitely in, in a state of development, and um, I'm I'm hoping you know I'm hoping we can get a lot of help with uh, and support with localization on that uh, once once we're to that stage. So definitely definitely important. Yeah, I mean we're we're seeing a lot of support. Uh, you know, maybe next time we can we can talk to Henry about uh, the Android. The new Android app. Uh, he just released yeah. a 3.0 app, and I was looking at. Uh, he had. A, he just had a, a simple Google Docs or Google Drive, excuse me, Google Drive <laughs> spreadsheet um, with just just on the on the left hand side. Um, he had all these different rows with uh, the English string, and then you know that was a locked column, and then all the other columns were just free for anybody to come and and modify and. At the very top column, it had you know the different language names, and then just people from the community. It was just an open spreadsheet. Anybody with the link could go and add translations, and and it was quite impressive to just to see all the different uh, localizations there. I don't know how many uh, he got. I mean, it looked like maybe thirteen or fourteen languages, uh, wow. which is very very impressive. So uh, that might be a strategy we look at uh, for this initially. Um, also, yeah. might look at. Uh, using a service uh, called TransFX uh, that we use for maintaining uh, some localizations on some of our products, and kind of, kind of localization. Actually, you know, localization uh, is another total topic uh, that we could probably spend hours talking about. <laughs> um, no doubt. But yeah, so I, I would say in the next few months, uh, be looking for a call for localization volunteers. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we have some multilingual, uh, folks who are listening to this, uh, you know, I mean, really we should have Swahili as our second language because since half of our team speaks Swahili, Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah. So the crowd map ID stuff is, is looking really, really slick. Um, maybe, I mean, we, we've, we've mentioned badges a little bit. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about badges and, and how how the badges in CrowdMap ID uh, can enable some really interesting uh, ways to interact with users. Um, I guess 
we we had this idea for for badges, which are actually in the Ushahidi platform right now. Um, it's actually on. There's, there's a really really simple version of this on uh, CrowdMap and and the Ushahidi platform. Uh, if if you go into your if you're if you're a deployer, uh, if you have your own map, uh, you can go into your admin panel and then. Uh, I won't really get into it, but you click on manage and badges, and then all the stuff is in there for you to set up badges, and uh, you can you can create rules and assign those badges to people. It's it's actually quite uh, it's kind of complicated <laughs> to be yeah. honest, but uh, yeah, we don't really have uh, good uh, user profiles for people, uh, so there's no really good way to to surface those badges. So. Uh, that's been well, it's it's been a technical challenge up to this point in terms of how to you know how to really make that mesh with the rest of the system yeah yeah it was it was a feature that we came up with and we talked about it for like maybe a year and uh, nothing ever really happened so uh, we just said all right well you know we're just gonna put it into the platform and see where it goes and then you know after doing that um, we had this other thing going on in parallel which was uh crowd map id which is originally called river id um but the crowd map id <clears throat> system was coming up and then you know all of a sudden oh well you know it makes perfect sense to tie these badges to the central system so you can carry your badges with you uh mm -hmm. so um if you're using swift river um which is at swiftriver.io uh, if you're using that product uh, this is not implemented yet um but the idea is that you know maybe you could earn badges in Swift River, so maybe uh, you're helping to curate content uh, from Twitter, and somebody who's running that project could say, "Well, anybody who uh, tags 50 uh, what we call drops in Swift River, essentially, like if you're doing Twitter things, they'd be tweets. Um, if you tag 50 tweets, and maybe you get this badge." Uh, I don't know, maybe it's called the stream, Twitter stream badge or the Twitter pond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have all these great chief, water analogies. Chief Twit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chief Twit. <laughs> um, they could then have that badge tied to their CrowdMap ID, which might show up on their CrowdMap uh, deployment, you know, or their CrowdMap profile and vice versa. You know, you might earn things in CrowdMap and which might show up other places. Uh, we're also talking about like tying CrowdMap ID into our other services. So we have a community website, we have uh, a wiki, all these things. And then we could, we can tie these achievements uh, across these different products. And then if third party developers have their own uh, software that they write and they want to use these achievements, you know, those achievements can be included as well. So um, I think this is, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, how, how does that gonna work in uh, CrowdMap ID? I, how are you envisioning that? Like, are people gonna go to crowdmapid.com to set up the badges or do they do that in their own software? I, have, do you have that fully fleshed out yet? Well, um, you know, of course, CrowdMap ID has an has a open developer API. Um, all it requires is you to, um, Register developer API key, uh, sort of like Twitter, Facebook would, um, and we it, there's actually an API. Um, it, we're not using it quite yet, but there's an API set up uh, so that you can actually push uh, site-specific or application-specific badges to the service that then get tied to an account, um, and all the sites can then, you know, all the sites that 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 aggregate that user profile can then. 
uh, can then see all those badges. Uh, so it's going to be super simple. Um, it's it's really just one API call and you know shows up on all your profiles. Um, it it was kind of funny though the the badge discussion uh, when we first started having it. It it sort of snowballed. It it totally changed how we how we looked at CrowdMap ID or at least how I did. I, I'm not sure how the rest of the team really looked at it, but. It it went from being sort of a well, this is just a username and password, you know, system, you know, just a just to make make it easier for users uh, to to sign into multiple sites. It suddenly, well, you know, we could give users a, a a single user profile across all the services that show badges. Well, you know, what if you know we're using a, a ID hash system? We don't have to tie it to an email address. What if we let people sign up with or sign in to one account using all of their email addresses. Um, you know, what if uh, what if we let them, uh, you know, pair their unified account with Twitter or Facebook, so we can, you know, so they can leverage Open Graph and and share their share their stories with their friends on their social networks. Um, so it all sort of started with badges uh, and just completely changed the outlook for CrowdMap ID. Um, and it's 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 pretty exciting. I, I think I think we're doing some really cool stuff with it. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, and talking about how this is is morphing, uh, badges is just one thing. Um, but you also implemented like a key value store. Yes, yes. Um, well, some of the internal projects we're working on, um, the prototypes and things. Uh, I recently implemented uh, uh, Open Graph on the Crowd Map uh, for Facebook, so that. You know, you enable it in your your uh, profile settings, uh, so that when you go to a, a deployment and you're signed in, it'll push that event to Facebook, your Facebook profile. So, um, if you've used Netflix outside of the United States, for example, um, you you might have seen that you know so and so is watching this on Netflix. That's that's powered by what's called Open Graph, the Open Graph protocol. It's it's Facebook's activity sharing. API. And um, so I implemented that, but when I was do doing that, I realized, you know, there's all sorts of little bits of data that I should really be tying to their centralized account because, um, you know, this open graph stuff will probably be used not just on CrowdMap, but, you know, on other Ushahidi products, and we might want to add Twitter later and, you know, Google Plus. Uh, I actually just discovered that Google Plus. It's not well known, but Google Plus does actually have a writable API. I was just looking at that yesterday. Um, it's very much like Open Graph, so I've been playing with that. Um, That's cool. So, so yeah, so, so you can store all sorts of arbitrary data in this key-value pair. Um, any developer is able to do it, and then any application can then, well, selectively, any application can then read it. You can set whether it's public, other applications, or just private to your own. So. Yeah. So like on CrowdMap, uh, as since we're, we're CrowdMap developers, right, uh, we, could, we can add uh, data to this uh, key value store. And for anybody who, who doesn't know, um, a key value store is essentially um, one piece of data tied to uh, a key. Uh, it's essentially a string, right? Um, so you could, that string could be an ID, that string could be uh, like username, a uh, string could be uh, color. The string could you could be think of it like, um, like an address book, 
right? Like if you if you go and edit a contact in your address book, you have options like this contact's, you know, Brian's website. What's his website? You select website and you put it as an address. The website part would be the key and the the URL part would be the value. So yeah. That's a that's a good way to good way to put it. I was struggling with uh, with an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help you out here. Yeah, thanks. Uh so so essentially what that means uh with with the permissions uh, piece that you're talking about is is CrowdMap could store uh, maybe five pieces of data um, in there, right? And then uh, Swift River might uh, we might have some kind of an integration with Swift River where Swift River needs to know uh, one of those pieces of data. So what we do is we allow just that one piece of data to be public. Right, so that one not public, public, but public in the sense that other applications can uh, see it. So then Swift River could see. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we want to store a favorite color, right? So a user's favorite color on CrowdMap is always going to be their favorite color, right? So on Swift River, um, they will be able to read that favorite color. Actually, the reason I <clears throat> I, I say favorite color is. Uh, when we were working on some of the user stuff in Ushahidi a couple years ago, um, I added a color field so users could actually put in a color which could be used to do some uh, really minor customization. Um, hmm. I don't think we've implemented anything like that on CrowdMap ID, but with the key value store, uh, there's nothing stopping you from storing that kind of information. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And you could share that with other apps. So the I think the cool thing here for third-party developers is you could, um, you know, once we launch 2.0, uh, you could essentially build your app entirely on top of CrowdMap ID, right? I mean, if your yeah. app is simple enough uh, that it only requires a key value store and it doesn't require, uh, you know, a relational database or something, yeah. something more serious... You could store all the data you need about your users and maybe your users' preferences right there in the key value store. And it's it's yeah, it's it's a really simple API too. It's if you don't want to go through the hassle of trying to um, you know build on top of Facebook or Twitter's uh, OAuth, which requires some server side libraries and certain SSL libraries to be installed, um, you can. You can actually just use our API, and we will actually sort of act like the middleman for those services, because um, we support we support OAuth through an API through our API. We support Facebook API through our API, if that makes sense. Um, so it's really simple to sort of piggyback off of us to to do that, and all of our API is 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 very simple. It's a REST API, um, you know, just your standard get posts put delete commands, uh, and it's all through uh, JSON. So uh, it's, uh, all, the, all the responses are, are returned through JSON. So you can even use just plain JavaScript through web page if you wanted to. You wouldn't even need to use PHP or Ruby or any server-side processing. Um, so yeah, we're, I've, we've, we've tried to make it really simple to work with, um, you know, just even for our own sake, you know, to minimize headaches. Uh, so it should it's very developer friendly i think yeah made uh by developers for developers scratching our <laughs> own itch and you know if we do exactly. 
if, if everything is done right here, then that saves us a lot of time uh, working on, on our products. I mean, authentication is um, central to any app that has any customized experience for the users, right? I mean, every, uh, unless it's like uh, Camera Plus, you know, for iOS or something that's just a utility, uh, it right. has to have authentication. And authentication always takes a long time uh, to do and to do right. So uh, it's it's a headache to do, you know, as a developer, if you're trying to build a cool app and, you know, you need user accounts, of course, but the authentication bit is always, it's always a huge headache. It's sort of the grunt work you don't want to mess with. So it's it's a good it's a good starting point because we, we do all the heavy lifting for you in terms of you know dealing with password resets and registration, uh, you know, and working with OAuth and all that fun stuff. So yeah, cool. I love it. I can't wait to to see when when we when we launch this thing. So. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year, I'm thinking I will probably have the 2.0 stuff out and uh, ready to be shared with third-party developers and definitely and, and all of that. We also have some really cool <coughs> uh, new crowd map redesign stuff coming down the pipe. So uh, if if you stuck around this long uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to listening to us uh, drone on about uh, authentication, <laughs> then I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, Hopefully, uh, uh, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, we'll, hopefully, people will like. We'll it. have a script next time. I promise. Yeah, we'll just read. We'll just read from a piece of paper. <laughs> Hello, Brian. How are you? <laughs> I'm <Yes>. good, Evan. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, what do you think? How do you think we did? <laughs> yeah, hopefully we didn't bore anyone to death. Um, yeah, yes. I, I, but I've I've had fun. I think. I think we've got something here. Awesome. Yeah, I was listening to uh, uh, Merlin, one of Merlin Mann's podcasts this morning, uh, Roderick mm-hmm. on the Line. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you listened to that one. Yeah, good, good one, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, they just go <laughs> off on tangent after tangent after tangent, but it is so entertaining. Uh, they, don't talk, they don't talk that's about That's Merlin's it. specialty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They don't talk about anything, uh, really. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, unfortunately, we have uh, a goal here in mind, and that's to talk about stuff, in, per- in particular, <laughs> certain stuff. Ah, so. uh, we have to have <laughs> topics. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, topics. So this is, I guess we're more like uh, Leo Laporte's podcast, you know. Uh, right right in the front of the podcast, you know, we're going to talk about what we're going to be talking about that day. Unfortunately, I don't think we can just phone each other up and just wing it. Oh, we could. <laughs> I think we could. We could. It we would could. work, yeah. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do that and just say, make jokes and uh, use funny voices. <laughs> tell you, as long as as long as we're name dropping good podcasts, uh, the Vergecast. I love I love the format they use. It's they have specific topics, but they they you know all of the discussion rotates around that, but it goes off on tangents. It's it's a great fun podcast. Um, I I. You know, maybe if we get another another person in the mix here, and 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 you know, we sort of get on get on a roll. I think that'd be a great sort of format to, to follow too. Great. Well, you know, I think that that's probably good. We're hitting almost forty five minutes. Um, our goal is to hit thirty. So. Oh my. Oh my. We're doing too much work. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess we have no format for sign-off, but uh, I guess we'll just uh, talk to you guys next time. I'm Evan Sims. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm Brian. Over and out. <laughs>